It's time to break it all down. What happened and why? Welcome to Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. Deshaun on third downs today, eight for nine. Here's the snap. Watson looking. Watson pumping. Watson dancing away from trouble to the right sideline. And he throws deep downfield, and it's intercepted by Mike Hilton, who slides down at the 21-yard line. Oh, boy. That was rough right there. That drive, that was the only drive in which the Texans didn't go three and out in the second half on offense. They had four possessions. Good morning, Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. And uh, we wish it was a better morning, but this is what we've got. And it's kind of like dreary outside, although, hey, I'm taking the cool temperatures any which way I can get them. Mark Vanderbeer and John Harris with you. John McClain at 8.30, Andre Ware at 9. You'll hear from some Texans along the way. And we'll set the landscape in the NFL. And the landscape includes an 0-3 Texans team, Johnny. And I want to start right there with that pick. I felt like at the time, look, that is hardly ideal. But, you know, they got possession at the 21-yard line. Watson's trying to make a play on third and long. I mean, it's... If you punt it, you can pin them deep, but also if you punt it, it can roll into the end zone and they're at the 20 anyway. I don't mind Watson trying to make a play, especially, you know, Kenny. Look, I don't know what he was thinking there. If he keeps running, he might have a chance at it. Maybe he thought something else. Who knows? They weren't on the same page, but we've seen Watson pull a rabbit out of the hat before. Considering the field position granted the opponent, it was a risk-reward thing, and I don't know how you feel, but I, I wasn't totally upset with the fact that he took that risk at the time on third and 15 yeah yes and no first of all on that play i was standing right in line with where will was will fuller mm-hmm. i thought he was throwing it to will that's where i thought he was going with the football uh was ah. to will um but i but i they didn't show any of those replays in the um uh in the stadium that i remember because i want to say we went right to a break after that and so I didn't, I didn't see that, uh, I didn't see that replay in the building. So I, and you guys were talking about it because they were showing some replays um, where where you guys were watching it and seeing it. And so I couldn't tell if he was actually throwing it to Will or throwing. I thought he was throwing it to Will because Will was open, and I was like, dude, fire! He's found Will across the middle a few times today. Go ahead and fire it to Will and get what you can, and maybe you get a first down. Maybe keep this thing alive. And then to me, I, I mentioned this during one of the times you threw it down to me, and neither one of you guys caught it. And I was like, hmm. I said, go down, put one in the end zone, and then take an eight- or a nine-point lead. And neither one of you said anything like, wait a second, why would they take a nine-point lead? Why would they go for two? And I was like, that has been a question that, that has kind of re- – it, it came up in one game this weekend where a team scored to go up seven. So they were up six. Oh, I'm sorry. They were they were up one. Up seven. Right. They were up one. They scored to go up seven. And the right. thought was, well, wait a second. And it was later in the game, like under two minutes. Like, do you go for two here and essentially yes. dare them on the other side to go for two? Go for two here to go up nine because now it's a two-score game, and I don't know if they got enough time to do that. Now, there's plenty of time for the Steelers to have two possessions, but would they have gone up two? Either way, it's a moot point because – the, you know, Sean ended up obviously throwing an interception. So I couldn't see – I didn't see whether Kenny I – wasn't, I wasn't watching Kenny. I was watching Will on that play. Here was the other thing about that, and that was I, I thought that they're at the Pittsburgh 43. So you get a 10-yard gain. You flip it out to DJ. You throw it out to Ake. You throw one you know, across the middle to Cooks. You get 10, 12 yards. 
Kaimi bangs one home. It's 24-20. Now, the Steelers did still come down and score. I, I understand completely. They still came down and scored. But there's a different feeling when you're, all right, well, they came down and scored. It's 27-24. Look, we need a field goal to tie it at minimum. Touchdown wins this thing. Let's go. I just There's a different feel that goes with that as opposed to, you know, we've been up this game. We've been, you know, up 14-3. to You know, we even took the lead back at 21-17. We've had this thing on to the fourth quarter, and now all of a sudden they're up by a touchdown. Uh, I just think that there was kind of this, like, oh, you just kind of feel it. Even without the people in the building, I just kind of feel on the sideline that was kind of the vibe. And then, of course, the Texans went uh, three and out, essentially. And they give the ball back to Steelers, and Steelers ran out the last five minutes of the clock. So, from that perspective, that play ends up being huge. But, you know, I, I don't often... I don't often say this. I want Deshaun to go get what he can. But at third and 15, the way the offense is playing in, in, the, uh, in the second half, if you were just able to put any points up on the board at that particular moment, I would have felt like, okay, we're in, we're in good stead. So, I don't know. You're at, oh, the, you're, at the, you're at the 43, though, and he's flushed out of the pocket. Now it's, right. now it's you know, go time. It's uh, either I throw it away and we're punting because right. we're not going to kick a field goal from there, or – uh, I'm going to take a risk here and look in hindsight, everything. Look, I'm not great no, with it. I'm just saying that I just think the kid's trying to make a play and he's I saying, I'm running for my life over here. Everybody scramble wow. with me. Let's get open downfield because he took a hit by TJ Watt in that play, yeah. which I thought should have been flagged. I mean, Watt's yeah. coming with the helmet right to his chest, which you are not allowed to do letter of the law penalty. And they missed it. There were a couple of those yesterday, Mark. There were a couple of those that I remember. And I want that replay. They showed the hit. I do remember that. I remember they showed the, the hit. Deshaun was a step. Like, he his right foot had hit out of bounds when TJ was hitting him and delivered a pretty hard shot because Deshaun took a little while to get up from that shot because um, I saw him on the sideline down for a little bit, and I'm just like, oh, I knew somebody was down. I think you even mentioned it, that somebody was down, and that was Deshaun, and I'm like, oh, no. Listen, I don't – I – in order of how I've, I would have looked at that, hey, let's get what we can to maybe give Kymie a shot. Here's the flip side of that. Here's the flip side of that. At Kansas City, right before the half, 51-yarder on grass, missed it, gave Kansas City an opportunity to go down. You're only up one. So if you get 10 yards, miss it, you're giving them the ball at their 40 with plenty of time to go down and do something. And with plenty of time to go down and do something at that particular point, you're going to give them not a short field, but not the long field. The interception, they get the ball at about the 20. Like you said, if a punt rolled in the end zone, they got the ball at about the same spot. But mm-hmm. the, the, to me, the drive that followed the interception, Mark, I think encapsulated really where we were on the day because they, on a, they get a third down. They hit Ebron, who we know is a thorn in our side. They had a third yep. and one. Benny Snell picked it up. They had a third and two. Roethlisberger hit Vance McDonald. They got it all the way down. They're just and then in between that it was it was James Conner right tackle eleven yards. James Conner left end eight yards. Uh, James Conner up the middle for four. James Conner right tackle for twelve. I mean that was James Conner's drive, and they it was just kind of old school football. It's like we're gonna pull, we're gonna pin and pull, and see if you can stop it. And at that point, the defense was feeling the effects of. 
41 plays in the fourth quarter. Or I'm sorry, for the second half for the Steelers to 17. The defense was feeling. Jeez. They were feeling that in the second half. And, you know, you can say anything about conditioning and being in shape or whatever. Look, it was not a Houston. I mentioned this during the game. It was not a Houston-type temperature day. But when you're facing a team that physical, I mean, th- there's got to be a conversion factor for the number of degrees your body goes up when you're facing a team that is that physical. But that drive was, was really that. Ben converted on third downs when he needed to. James Conner and the offensive line took over against a, a defense that was uh, starting to wear down and tire a little bit. And they, they took advantage of it all the way down the field. Um, and then when they get the ball back with 447, Connor, 25 yards. Connor, four yards. Snell, four yards. Connor, one. Ben Roethlisberger hits a pass. Snell, two. Snell, minus one. Roethlisberger to Claypool. Well, it that reminds you of last breaker. week. It yeah, reminds oh, yeah, you of totally. last week, and the Ravens totally. had that drive where they ran it on every play. Remember mm-hmm. that? When they, when they ran it on every play of the drive, and right. they eventually, I don't know if they scored or not, but they ate up a, a huge chunk of time. All right, yep. let's hear from Bill O'Brien. Obviously a tale of two halves yesterday. They led at the break. I mean, they were they were leading 14-3 at one point, and they led 21-17 at the half. But in the second half, a different story. Here's the head coach. You know, give Pittsburgh credit. They, they did a good job of possessing the ball. We went three and out, and um... – you know, so offensively, we have to do a much better job in the second half. We ended the first half with a good drive, and then we didn't do anything in the second half. And defense was on the field too long. Defense, you know, they have to get off the field too. give Pittsburgh credit. They ran the ball well, and, um, you know, we weren't able to do that. And uh, so we have to, we, we, you know, again, we have to work hard to improve and get our sights set on Minnesota. All right, Watson had one of the best first halves in the history of the franchise. 14 of 18, 202 yards, two TDs, no picks, quarterback rating 150. I think Matt Schaub is the only one who ever did any better. I think it was the Tampa Bay game of 2011. Anyway, here's Deshaun Watson on the tale of two halves. We just didn't find a balance. Um, We didn't establish a run. Um, We just didn't make enough plays, um, honestly. So, you know, that just kind of backfired on us and – Pittsburgh made enough plays to score, I think, 10 answer points in the second half, and, you know, and it just went against us. Well, uh, that zipper audio, by the way, I saw that <laughs> on video, him, him zipping up his, uh, his sweats or whatever, his warm-up warm-up suit his sweats what do you is that the 70s term for it anyway uh, and I wondered I if we'd hear that on the uh, yeah, I wondered if we'd hear that on the uh, audio. Uh, the next day, and we did. So anyway, uh, but he hit on it, Johnny. This team is not running the football. I mean, let's just bring, let's bring out the elephant in the room. We, we can talk about defense all day long and inability to stop the run, but it's always, you know, it, it's sands of the hourglass, days of our lives. It's are you filling this side of the ledger, meaning the offensive side of the ledger, with first downs, with your time-consuming drives. They're, they're not all going to be like that, but you need some of them because that keeps your defense off the field. This just in. And Mm -hmm. as good as the first half looked on the scoreboard with 21 points, a season high at the time in a game, and it still is, uh, but they didn't score in the second half, the first downs were earned by this. 11 first downs in the first half, 10 of them through the air, one of them on the ground. Look, that's not crazy stuff, but I bring it up to point this out. They are second to last in the league in running the football. Only the Giants are worse 
in rushing yards produced, and they have Barkley out. So the Texans have 198 rushing yards on the year through three games. They haven't hit the 200 mark yet. This is not Texans football. Uh, you, know, you know, Say whatever you want about Bill O'Brien, and I get the criticism and everything being 0-3, and nobody wants to be 0-3, but this team runs the football. But the Bill O'Brien Texans need to run the football, and they're not doing it right now, and that is a big problem. they got to figure out a way to get that going. Yeah, Mark, you hit right on it. And when, when you started right after I spoke, you said, you know, let's not talk about the defense and, you know, its struggles in the second half. Let's talk about the run game. And you know as well as I do, and I, and I know exactly what you're saying. It's, they're all tied in together. It's all tied in together because there's got to be a way that you can get off the field in the second half. And it's hard when a team has got 12, 13 play drives and you're out in the field for a long time. When you turn the ball back over the offense, and it's a it's a three and out, and it's a three and out, and by by not running the ball effectively in the sec, in the second half in particular, when the defense really needed a respite, and I could I could feel it, I could see when the defense was getting up, like man, you know, you could just tell there was that feeling of not dread, and then guys know they got to go do their job. It's not really that, but it's like, dang man, we're, all right, well we got to go we got to go save this thing, the, the offense. Running the football is is an issue. It's a major issue. And whether it's not getting movement, especially with their double teams, and just watching the game the last couple of weeks, that's one note that I've made, is guys, you know, they're double teaming guys, but they're not getting guys moved off the ball. And because they're not getting guys moved off the ball, when the guy comes off the double team, now it's just a one-on-one where it's been a stalemate already, and then that guy sheds and he's, he's on the tackle. Um, you know, there's been some of that. You know, we haven't seen Deshaun run the ball other than, other than, um, you know, the times that he scrambled. And Deshaun is yeah. usually a big, a big part of the running game. And I, I don't he know is. when he, he finished with one carry for five yards. Yeah. So that, you know I, what? Let, I, let's let's just take that. That's Johnny. interesting because that's usually, and Bill usually says it. He's mm-hmm. like, look, Deshaun's usually 35 to 40 yards of our run game. And yeah. he had five yards yesterday. Right. And guess who's out? Duke Johnson. Yeah. So it, Deshaun, look, you, you don't want to have, you know, like, let's have Deshaun carry the ball 17 times a game. Obviously, you don't want to do that. And I get it that you want to reduce his exposure. There's no question about yeah. that. But, you know, it, even in the course of regular passing game action, you know, I'm watching quarterbacks all around the league, and Watson's usually one of them, uh, just take it on, take it on, upon themselves to get some yards on the ground and slide and get on to the next play. You know, pick up a first down that way, pick up a few yards, pick up a chunk here and a chunk there, and they yeah. couldn't do it. Now, look, this is a, an outstanding defense. We all understand this. Pittsburgh and, defense, right? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's yeah, defense. Yeah. And, and, and it's very difficult to get anything done against them, but you need to get done more than 21 points as clumsily as I said that Johnny here's the other thing I mean look the gauntlet of the schedule appears to lighten up a little bit now look I'm not saying you know that this is going to solve everybody's problem in the world Um, the last two times the Texans were three games under 500 they won the division and I Again, I'm not saying that that's going to happen again. I mean, that's that, you hate to draw from things like that. But I do that because I know it's a long year. And I know that, you know, there are many chapters left in the book here. And the next one is Sunday against the Vikings, who are also 0-3, which none of us thought would be the case 
when this matchup showed up on the schedule, we thought, oh, the Vikings are going to come in here and, you know, they'll at least split with the AFC South teams. They lost to the Colts and the Titans. And, look, they played the Packers opening day. That's a tough one for them always. And for some reason they can't beat them at home lately. But, man, this is going to be a real telltale game to me because they're having some problems. You know, they've blown leads. They could have, would have, should have yesterday against the Titans. I was actually rooting for them. I mean, I really wanted to put a loss on Tennessee, and I didn't care. I'd rather have Minnesota coming in here fat and happy. Uh, But they've got some weapons that are absolute destroyers when you look at Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. But to me, it appears that the schedule is going to get a little friendlier here. I'm not saying that automatically translates into wins, but it better translate into better performances, and I hope wins. Yeah, no question. And and here's the thing. I, I kept thinking about this. This kept popping in my head. After tonight, only because the Ravens and Chiefs are playing one another, we will have faced two 3-0 teams and a 2-1 team. The Vikings face the week one, Packers 3-0. Colts the next week, 2-1. And they face the Titans yesterday, 3-0. So the Vikings are probably looking at the same thing, going, hey, look, man, we started off with, we started off with, Two three no teams at two one team. They start off with two three no teams and two one team. We're kind of in the same boat. So I I don't I don't want to say that. Yeah, look, you go to zero and four. I think only one team that's gone zero and four made the playoffs at some point. Um, but this is twenty twenty, and God only knows how weird this year has already been, and who knows what can go on. But to that end, Mark, here's the thing: win or, win or lose. Look, I want to win in the worst way. I I, I always. I, I saw this. I saw somebody put this on Twitter somewhere. They said it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And we often say that. And I used to say over the last couple of years when people would be like, well, you know, it's not pretty. They're winning ugly. I'm like, show me an ugly, show me an ugly oh. win. Show me an exactly. ugly win. Do exactly. I care about an ugly win? No, I no. care because it's a win. Show me a pretty loss. Yeah, and I'll show you a loss. I mean, it's, it doesn't come down to that. But I just think right now, I'll take a three to two win. I don't. I don't care how they just get to a point where they have more points than the other team when zeros are on the clock. Just get to a win where you feel like there's a little bit of validation for all the hard work you've been putting in and all that you've been going through in 2020 and all the COVID tests and all the crap that's gone on, and you got to win. Like, okay, good. Got one. Yeah. Now, now we're on our way. Now let's now let's get rolling. Okay, who's after the Vikings? Now this team can't be thinking about who's after the Vikings, no. but they've got to think about what do we have to do for sixty minutes to have more points than that other team? What do we need to do? And figure that out and figure it out fast because Sunday will be here before we know it. Fans will be in that building and hopefully the fans will help uh, give this team some juice that it needs. Um, and they can get in a situation where they're not in a game where the opponent runs 76 plays to your 47. I mean, I mean when you look at it, Mark, oh, my God. Mark, I, I, just, I just looked at this. Average yards per offensive play, we were at 5.5. The Steelers have 5.1. I mean. Wh- wow. Well, that's an amazing stat right there. Yeah. And, but it shows you, it, you know, you couldn't. You, you three and out in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first half you did fi- fine yep. relatively. You still weren't running the ball, but you were doing much better, obviously. You had the lead. You were scoring. Watson was playing well. That drive, the way they played at the end of the first half, you know, I think we'd all love to see a little bit more yeah. of that, you know, that, yeah. that hurry-up kind of feel because yeah. it just – he looks so comfortable in that mode. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I know you can't do it the whole game, but maybe they should start that way. I'm not sure. 
as I say that, I remind myself of what I just said a few minutes ago, that in this era, running the ball, I'm not saying run it on first and second down every time, but running the ball, the running game is a staple. So I know you haven't liked all of the results, everybody, like, uh, but you've won divisions, you've gotten where you've gotten by being a balanced or a more balanced team. Anyway, after the game, J.J. Watt obviously was asked about a number of things, but here are his general thoughts on the outcome on Sunday afternoon. I don't think it went well. I mean, going to half up 21 to 20 um, as a defensive player, if you don't give up another point, you win the game. And we gave up a touchdown, unfortunately. So we didn't win the game. Um, Got to find a way to finish games. Got to find a way to finish this game. And we didn't. And um, got to make a play. Got to make a stop. And it's on me. Everybody saw the Watt family reunion picks from before the game. After the game, J.J. talked with his brothers. And I just saw the video of that. Obviously, no one was eavesdropping on that conversation that I know about. Uh, but obviously, didn't look happy. I mean, look, 0-3, you know, you're playing your butts off. You're trying to get a win here. The defense is getting leveraged in the ground game by the Steeler attack. And the Steeler defense did a steel curtain impersonation. I mean, when you can't get inside the 43 i guess they were five yards inside that i guess they got to the 38 right and then mm-hmm. eventually third and 15 yeah, but yeah. you know you can't you can't get into field goal range in the second half couldn't even get another point on the board in the second half that is monumentally disappointing considering the way you were playing in the first half you know and being on the road is tough everybody knows it the schedule is tough everybody knows it i think people just want to see you know better performance i get that even in a loss and people understand that the schedule is brutal but like i said you know maybe there's some cracks of sun through the clouds when you look at what's down the line here vikings and then the Jags, and then you have a showdown in Nashville. And, you know, when you get into your divisional games, and Bill O'Brien pointed this out quickly yesterday, they haven't played anybody in the division yet. When you get into your divisional games, every time you get a win, you pin a loss on them. This is math, folks. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you you know that first on one against Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Uh, I, that first one with Tennessee is going to be huge. I mean, just huge. Uh, and you hope you get there riding a two-game winning streak, uh, and then you have a chance to sort of, you know, make some, not make some hay necessarily, but, you know, just make some inroads toward getting back into this thing. The Titans have the Steelers this weekend at their place, but it's still the Steelers, and go Steelers, okay? Now that we're through with them, run away with that one, Pittsburgh. And then they got the Bills. So they have back-to-back games in that. Wait, how is this possible? Do they have three in a row in Nashville? Am I looking at this right? They might. They might, yeah. They they might. They might. I mean, because that's the just Texans kind of the are there October 18th. Yeah, that's kind of the way the schedule has, has gone seemingly. They but. have three in a row in Nashville. Wow. Okay. I mean, look, here's, here's the goes. thing. Would you, I know a lot of people would say, yeah, you'd rather be 3-0 than 0-3. There's no question about that. And <laughs> kind of goes to my really? point earlier. I've watched the Titans. I watched the Titans at Broncos game, and then they played. Who did they play last week? Um, dang it. Who did they play? Oh, the Titans played. played the Jags. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, Jags. they played the Jags, and then they played yesterday against the, the Vikings. And <clears throat> you're sitting there going, look, now I haven't watched the game against the Vikings, but I didn't feel like either one of those games that I was overly impressed with anything that they were doing. They, they, to me, looked like the Titans that I've always seen. And they're sitting there 3-0. and And so yeah. weird things happen in a year where you can play like, eh, you know, we're playing okay, but we're finding a way to win. Or... You know, we're having good stretches of play, but we just can't finish games, which is where we've been. You asked me this question during the week. You said, it was a who's better question, Ravens defense, Steelers defense. 
And it's interesting because through three weeks of the year, it's like we have a lot of comparison points, like Ravens and Chiefs. How would you compare those two? Ravens and Steelers. Look at the defenses. How would you compare those two teams? I think overall the Ravens are better than the Steelers. I think the Steelers are stoppable offensively. And as long as your your offense can put string together a drive or two in the second half. I think you would have seen our defense maybe come up with a stop. I don't think the Steelers are unstoppable. I don't think the Ravens are completely unstoppable. We just got to a point in the second half where we can stop the run on them. I do think the Ravens are somewhat stoppable. But where those two teams are special defensively. And for me, it's the Ravens' secondary. But that front, the fact that the Steelers could sit there and play nickel all game, play nickel all game long, and take that little guy, Mike Hilton, who I talked about before the game, and basically play him in coverage some, play him up near the box as another linebacker some, and hold us to 29 yards rushing. That's how good that front is. And the thing about it is, Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tuitt, they're typically, quote-unquote, 3-4 defensive ends. But because they were playing nickel, one of them had to play over the nose throughout the game, it's, which is not kind of either one's natural position. And yet those two guys were dominant, especially in the second half. Couldn't move either one of Hayward or Tuitt off, off the ball at all. And they're playing a, a position they're not really accustomed to playing. That Steelers front is unbelievably good unbelievably good and Bush and Williams in the middle as linebackers are exceptional they're exceptional I don't think the Ravens have that linebacker this year and I don't think they have the front like that a secondary is great but these Steelers that secondary can kind of fly around and let you know take some chances because with Watt and Dupree coming oh boy now I'll tell you this Laramie did a nice job on Dupree yesterday he did a really nice yeah. job on Dupree TJ he didn't hear Dupree's name a lot on, on pass though. rush he did he did but considering what Dupree has been doing. Dupree had a sack and a half. How did he get up with that? Two quarterback. Mm, I thought TJ was more of an issue. Oh, no. Dupree, uh, that was when Watson crossed the line of scrimmage and they still gave oh, Dupree yeah. the sack. All right, John oh, McClain's right. going to join us next. Andre Ware at 9. Sunday is the pink ribbon game for breast cancer awareness and cancer awareness in general. And breast cancer awareness is important for all the women in your life. So let's talk about some facts. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. And less than 15% of women with breast cancer have a family member with the disease. So Get checked out. Learn more at HoustonMethodist.org slash Pink, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist leading medicine. It's Texans Monday. Back with more of Texans Monday in a moment. Even now, while we're distancing, your body needs to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are ready with advanced technology and imaging to deliver custom treatment plans safely. And our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. The Houston Texans Scratch Ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans Scratch Ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Texans fans. If your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, 
You'll score a free jumbo jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! Now, how's that for some extra points? The Houston Texans are proud to partner with Kroger and the Houston Food Bank to tackle hunger in Houston. Huddle Against Hunger, presented by Kroger, is a free, downloadable curriculum that includes activities designed to teach empathy and understanding around hunger in elementary, middle, and high school students, parents, and teachers. Join the huddle now by visiting HoustonTexans.com slash Huddle Against Hunger. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique Bowl Week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. This is Texans Radio. Houston Texans Lux is the only membership that gives you unprecedented access to Texans events and connections to the top business professionals in Houston. If suites become available for the 2020 season, be the first to know and sign up for the waitlist at HoustonTexans.com slash suites. In this uncertain environment, you can count on Houston Texans Lux to work for you. Contact us today for more information on Lux memberships. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash suites or call 832-667-2299. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. Teachers and parents, are you looking for educational resources to keep your students engaged at home during this challenging time? The Houston Texans, Toro, and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all the while having some fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the COVID-19 resources page and run your kids through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! What makes Ford F-Series the best in Texas? Just listen to the folks who drive them. Ford is by far ahead of any other competitor out there. The technology that they put in the trucks, it's incredible. I love it as a family vehicle. I love the size and the space for my daughter. If you want reliable, dependable, and a good-looking truck, Ford's the way to go. I want to drive the leader. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks and the best in Texas. Ford is the best in Texas. Texans have lost their first three games, and the division could quickly get out of reach. Tennessee's 3-0 now. Mm. Can Houston get their first W against the winless Vikings this weekend? we got to get our sights set on Minnesota. we got to get over the hump here somehow. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Play here. Play here. Play here. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. 
on third and eight from the Steeler 28. Watson in the gun. Pocket collapsing. Throws downfield. Got a man at the 10. The 5. Touchdown, Randall Cobb. Cobb's first touchdown as a Texan. Great to see that in the first half. One of the bright spots, Will Fuller as well. In 25 games played with Watson, that's all there have been. He's caught 15 touchdown passes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joins us now. General, oh boy, 0-3. And And were you saying you predicted 0-3 out of the gate Mm -hmm. that you You knew this was going to be this tough? I did. I picked them 0-3. I thought it was uh, an easy call. And I picked them to be 2-3, and win the next two, and then Tennessee and Green Bay. And those are key. I had no idea the Packers were going to be as dominant as they are, but I'm certainly not surprised at 03. Some things that have happened in these games that have surprised me, like the the total tale of two halves yesterday to be so good in the first half and so bad in the second. And, you know, who could figure to run defense? Here comes Minnesota after 226-yard performance and it's one-point loss to Tennessee, including 181 by Dalvin Cook and Gary Kubiak's calling the plays and you know he'll want to run the ball yeah there's no question he's going to run the ball general when you did your predictions and, and put them at zero and three and you thought about the, the where they would be at the end of the year what i think you said they're 10 you said 10 and 6 at the end of the year what does this team need to do to get to that point of 10 and 6 at the end of the year. Look, I know in the building, I think one at a time, but we on the radio can think about a lot of things all at once, in, in particular what this team can be. How do they get to 10 and 6 from 0 and 3 this year with this team? Well, truthfully, John, I did pick them 10 and 6, and I, have, I had them uh, beating Minnesota, beating Jacksonville, losing to Tennessee, beating Green Bay. And then after the bye week, the schedule – it just is not nearly as tough as the first part of the schedule. I heard Pat Kerwin on NFL radio, longtime NFL executive on Friday or Saturday say that he thought the Texans first three games was the toughest schedule he'd ever seen. And when you think about it, Tennessee and Green Bay are both three and zero right now too. So I believe these first, those teams we just mentioned are 16 and five right now. But, you know, the Texans have got to play better. They've got to play more consistently. I'm not surprised they're 0-3, but I'm shocked they can't run the ball better. Been 8-9 to in rushing the last two years. And then uh, I'm I'm surprised that the – well, I'm surprised the offensive line hadn't played better run blocking and pass protection. I thought against the Steelers the first two sacks were Watson's fault for holding the ball too long. He's got to sometimes just throw it away, throw it incomplete, throw it at somebody's feet. Don't take that big loss, especially on first down. And um, But based on what we saw in the first half, if they could do it at Pittsburgh against the Steelers' defense in the first half, they should be able to do it for a game. John, what about the defense? Uh, run defense up the middle. Okay, yesterday they made some stops for sure, but around the edges in the second half, Pittsburgh was delivering some crushing blows as they ran off tackle on either side. Your thoughts? Well, J.J. Watt said, he used, he said, it was easy. You know, you, J.J. looked like he'd been hit by a freight train after the game, as all players should. And, and, 
after what happened to him against Baltimore, giving up 153 in the fourth quarter. Then James Conner came back in this one, and Conner had, I think, uh, 65 yards in the fourth quarter by himself, including two explosive plays of 35 and 25 yards. And, and both is when he broke outside, didn't just blow through a hole up the middle. He bounced outside, and that's all about setting the edge and being disciplined. And they didn't, you know, in that first game against Kansas City, they missed a lot of tackles. And they've done better about tackling. They're just, they're just not in position. They're getting out of position, and they're getting steamrolled by uh, the blockers. But uh, that's the kind of thing they'll work on in practice all week about making sure the guys on the outside play their position and don't try to do something they're not supposed to do. Sometimes, you know, when you get desperate, people try to do too much. And when you try to do too much, you get caught out of position or somebody blocks you inside and you go, they, you let somebody go outside, you overextend, so to speak, and it backfires. General, how, so much, how, how much of the defensive issues that they're having – do you relate to the fact that the offense is going three and out as as many times as it did in the second half, such that there's a 41 to 17 play ratio, 41 plays for the Steelers in the second half, 17 for the Texans. How much of the defensive issues do you put on the offense, not being able to maintain the ball in the second half to give them a little bit of a respite? Well, when you have the ball for three minutes and 10 seconds in the fourth quarter, you're generally not going to do something. Pittsburgh had it for 11.50. The game was 36.51 to 23.09. And I think, man, if the Texans had had the ball more, no telling what T.J. Watt and that group would have done to to Watson and them. But three and outs, first two series of of the third quarter, three and out. And then it's interesting because last week they had two big mistakes. Fourth and one, they were stopped, touchdown Baltimore, interception, uh, was an interception, yeah. And uh, when Watson got hit, touchdown. This one, interception, touchdown. This the in the he he uh, shouldn't have thrown into double coverage, but you can see Watson get frustrated. He wants to make plays. That uh, it'd be a lot better if you weren't facing second long, and they got to be better on first down. And I think running the running game, I'm not sure because it's the same linemen. It's the same players doing the blocking at tight end and the offensive line. So either, and I don't think it's David Johnson, but so something's happened. Either the defensive has discovered something and they're exploiting it or people are not doing their job as well as they did last season. But they've got to get the running game going and they better get it going fast. John, the Minnesota-Tennessee game yesterday, you brought it up, 226 rushing yards for the Vikings, and they lost. I mean, I don't even know how that happens, but it happens when you turn the ball over. Cousins with two picks, and there was a fumble in the game, and that spelled doom for them. But this is a really tough attack to stop in that way. And This Justin Jefferson had seven catches for 175 and a score. The rookie looks really good. Your thoughts on the Vikings coming in here and their mindset as well because 0-3 and 0-3 and and – You know, Florio already called it the something's got to give bowl. Thanks a lot. But it's true. Something's got to give on Sunday. As Anthony Weaver likes to say, two hungry dogs, that's what they are. Both were in the playoffs last year. A lot of people 
pick the Vikings to dethrone the Packers because the Packers didn't get Aaron Rodgers any receivers, so their offense was just going to be mediocre. And how's that worked out? And, and of course, the Texans are always the threat to win the AFC South. So what I'm got to win is good they're back home. I think it's good they're going to have some fans there. I do think fans make a difference, and and they're going to have to stop the run. It's amazing, as you mentioned, Mark, 226 yards. Dalvin Cook had a long touchdown run, 39 yards. Justin Jefferson had a 71-yard touchdown catch. And once again, this defense is not – giving up long pass plays and I'm going the, the one that they th- for 26 yards was a, a, a mental mistake by somebody went brain dead on Juju Smith Schuster of all players. And so I'm going to look up today. How many, I bet you they've given more, more explosive runs 10 plus than explosive passes 20 plus in their first three games. And, and uh, Kirk Cousins against Indianapolis was terrible. His rating was 15, and he had three interceptions and no touchdowns. So he has five interceptions in the last two games, and the Texans now have gone three games in a row without forcing a turnover for the first time since 2017. Oh, gosh. John, Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons. i got to get off this for a second. Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons blow another one. As Nick Foles comes into the game and leads a fourth-quarter comeback with three fourth-quarter touchdowns and a win, how much longer does Dan Quinn have in Atlanta, do you think? They got off to a slow start last year. Everybody wanted Dan Quinn fired, and then they finished fast. And because he's a really popular guy, the players, the, the owner, the fans, the media, everybody likes Dan Quinn and didn't want him to be fired, so they kept it. But before you fire a guy during the season, you better have somebody on the staff who's capable of taking over for him. And I don't know who's on that staff, but you can't just do it if you don't have somebody. I'm not a fan of firings during the season anyway, and because and generally it might be a little immediate improvement, but over the long haul, no. And uh, it's just it just doesn't work out. And and plus, uh, if they keep losing, and I I thought they would be in the playoff race, and they certainly have the offense to do it. But I would guess right now his seat is hotter than anybody's other than Adam Gase. John, who wins tonight, Chiefs or Ravens? I'm going with the Ravens because they're at home. And people say, well, you don't have a home advantage without sellouts. But you guys know there's a home advantage when you don't travel and you get to stay at home and and be with your family. And I just think even though you're together the night before the game, it's just easier to play at home. So I'm going with the Ravens over the Chiefs. And that's a two-game swing in case they are tied for home field advantage. So even though it's early, it's big for both teams. Yeah, I think they win no matter where they play. Thank you, General. Really appreciate the time as always. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. All right, next up, early second half, very similar in the last two games. We'll tell you how and what it all means moving forward. And a little bit around the league here, what we can learn from what is going on around the NFL. Andre Ware joins us at 9. It's Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. Your Texans live here on Texans Radio. This summer, hurry into Mattress Firm where you can save up to $500 when you get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases of $6.99. 
and save up to 50% on select mattresses from our top-rated brands like Beautyrest, Serta, Sealy, and more. Shop in-store, online, or by phone today. Hurry in, only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. And while supplies last, some products only available online. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Ashley Home Store is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley Home Store has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store, proud partner of the Houston Texans. Is Whataburger's Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich a work of art? The three chicken strips covered in melted Monterey Jack are a study in contrast and surprise. And the honey barbecue sauce, while at first unexpected, becomes a sweet delight to the senses. Plus, there's the two thick slices of Texas toast that are the canvas for this tasteful creation. And you can eat it. Good thing there's a masterpiece you can really bite into. Good thing there's the Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich at Whataburger. Texans have lost their first three games, and the division could quickly get out of reach. Tennessee's 3-0 now. Mm. Can Houston get their first W against the winless Vikings this weekend? we got to get our sights set on Minnesota. we got to get over the hump here somehow. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Hey, Houston, this is Keith here from Papa John's Pizza. And did you know that I am the number one Texans fan in the city? Well, probably one of many. But you know what? We've been a sponsor of the Houston Texans now for almost 20 years. The official pizza of the Houston Texans is Papa John's. And now when the Texans win, and they will, the very next day, order pizzas and you'll get half off. That's right, 50% off your pizza order the day after the Texans win. So come on, Texans, win a lot. Better ingredients, better pizza, the best football, Papa John's Houston. More Texans radio in spectacular fashion is on the way. Texans fans, the 2020 NFL season is finally here and the race to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa is officially underway. Be there when it all ends with an official Super Bowl 55 ticket package from NFL on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Don't wait to secure verified game tickets, all-inclusive pregame hospitality complete with appearances from some of the biggest names in football and so much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com today and secure the football experience of a lifetime. Houston's veteran sports director, Randy McElvoy, and KBRC2 Sports. All over the teams you love. The only station with Sports Sunday. A weekly show featuring an in-depth look at the sports world. Plus, Texans Game Day. A weekly one-on-one with a Texans head coach. And Houston's longest-running high school football show, Friday Football Frenzy. Broadcasting live from the sidelines of the week's biggest high school matchups. KBRC2, Houston's home for all things sports. August Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache will be presented to AEMT Raven Hernandez. Hernandez is a single mother who decided to return to school to become a first responder. She works in a small town and is setting a great example that hard work and determination can get the job done. Currently, she is serving in her community as a COVID-19 tracer, helping manage all of the current cases in her county and doing an amazing job. The Houston Texans and Apache would like to congratulate her for being our August Star of Courage Award recipient. 
Tired of searching for sports updates in different places? The Xfinity Sports Zone gives you the ultimate sports hub experience, where you can find games, news, and highlights all in one place right on your TV. Follow the teams you love across your favorite sports. You can even use the voice remote to access stats and scores. With the Xfinity Sports Zone, everybody wins. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store for details. Restrictions apply. Requires Xfinity TV service with X1. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. Relive all the action with full game replays. We do it again, we do it again, we do it again. Catch every snap in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Hot for the touchdown. Learn from the pros with film sessions. Once you're in that red zone, it's a chess match. And get access to the NFL Films Archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Ball never stops. Ball never stops. Now, back to more coverage of what happened and what happens next. It's Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. Roethlisberger in the gun on third down, gets the snap, and here's a sack as the Texans bury him. Amenahu getting there along with Whitney. And Roethlisberger goes down. J.J. in the party as well. Houston off the field, three and out by this D. All right, Johnny, let me ask you about this right here, and I don't think you've had a chance to break down everything just yet. But in the first half, yeah, they got to him a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and they were able to get some penetration into the backfield and hold them down. What happened in the second half? What was the difference? What were the adjustments the Steelers made? Look, I know the game got different, but it was still a one-score game. I mean, it was a one-score game. And I was thinking going into the fourth quarter, they had the lead, by the way, folks, going into the fourth quarter, a one-point lead, but it was a lead. Yeah, Yeah, the Texans did. And so this was not like, oh, they're up two scores and running the ball and milking everything, but they were running the ball. So is that it? They were just having so much success on the ground that uh, it didn't matter as much, the uh, lack of a pass rush. As I say this to you, I will point out, that in the second half, let's see, how many times did Roethlisberger throw it in the second half? Hmm, we threw it 18 times in the first half. Let's do the basic math here. Okay. I don't have the second half He threw 18 summary. times in the first half? And 18 times in the second half. Is that right? Jeez, you could have, like, knocked me over with a feather right there. I thought it was even going to be less considering the success they were having on the ground. But yeah. they ran it. I mean, they ran 41 plays well, in the second half. So, yeah, I guess, you know, they're going to mix it up a little bit. Well, part of it was in the second half, I know probably three or four of those throws were just catch it, throw it. You know, he threw those little quick, you know, little quick darters. It would be third and two, and they'd run a pick play, and, you know, the receiver would get, you know, just open by a half yard, and Ben would just stick it in there. It's basically like an extended run play. So I know there were probably a good three or four of those in the second half. Um, But – Again, when a team is running the ball the way the Steelers were, your pass rushes slow down because you're, you've got to think, man, i got to stop the run first. Oh, now it's a pass. Now i got to gear up as opposed to we know they're throwing it. So let's pin our ears back and let's go. So, it, it, so I don't want to say it becomes sort of a guessing game, but when a team is running the ball on you, and that was the, the thing to me, going back, and, and I haven't seen the whole second half, but on the bus home, I watched the condensed copy, and I'm watching in the second half. I'm watching our edge guys getting turned inside. And in getting turned inside, what that's doing is it's, it's making the secondary contain come up, and they got a puller coming out. So they've got Matt Filer pulling out a guard, and we've got secondary contain coming up, which is a safety. And I will give 
Justin Reed, and Lonnie Johnson a ton of credit. Mark, I saw them a couple times completely and totally throw their body. We used to call it munching ankles because when you were a defensive back and you were the lone, basically you were the lone contained guy and a big lineman is coming out, all you've got is just to create a pile. That's it. That's all you can hope for. 300 pounds coming at you, you're 190. You just you just go down as best you can and try and create a pile, and hopefully the running back now has to hesitate and bounce around you or cuts it back inside where you've got people. That's all you can do. And a couple times when the Texans did stop the run, it was because of those guys coming up. But we didn't set a good edge at all. Our guys on the outside were getting turned inside, and that gave uh, Filer in particular. It felt like a lot of times it was Filer who was pulling around. It gave him a good angle on a block. And in getting him a good angle on the block, they just had things matched up they wanted to, and they would get four yards, five yards, six yards, and second and four. Well, you can deal with third and twos um, and even fourth and ones. And I thought that was a big play in the game. We'll get to that later on. But we just weren't setting a really good edge, and we weren't getting off blocks or destroying blocks. That, I, I will say, if there's one thing that the Ravens and the Steelers do exceptionally well up front, to it, Hayward, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, those guys destroy blocks. It's not enough to just, I'm going to get by this guy. They destroy these, they destroy blockers. Um, and the Steelers got some movement with some double teams, and then they would, they would cut down that edge, and their running backs had some good room to work. I thought one of the smartest things the Steelers did that really kind of got it going was they put Anthony McFarlane in the backfield. And by putting McFarlane in the backfield, that put everybody on notice because McFarlane's a 4-4 guy, if not a 4-3 right. guy. He can fly. And I think McFarlane would have gone to the combine and gotten a lot more acclaim when he ran to 40 because this 40 time would have been really, really good. But he came out of Maryland. And when we went to play the Redskins in a – when did we play the Redskins? 18? Yeah, it was 18. Yeah, because uh, Dwayne yeah. Haskins 18. was the quarterback at Ohio State. We were on the bus ride to – uh, the hotel from the airport in D.C. And I was watching the Maryland-Ohio State game. And in that game, McFarland had 299 rushing. And I'm like, write his name down. This dude's going to be a baller. Well, it never clicked at Maryland after that. They just never really got to a point where they could be a good football team. McFarland's stats kind of went down after that. But I thought, man, nobody really runs for 299 Ohio State without being a pretty good athlete. And that speed really became a factor because now he can get to the edge a little bit better. And that's what they did. They started getting to the edge. And they washed down a little bit. And now it's Connor who can get to the edge. And now it's Snell pounding away. But all their third and fourth downs, Mark, were very makeable for the most part. They're third and one, third and two, no more than fourth and one, uh, one and a half, fourth and one and a half maybe. They just didn't have that far to go. Uh, and so everything in your playbook is still available to you. Um, at that point, but we did not set a good edge against the run in the fourth quarter when we just were completely seemingly out of gas. That's when they just took some inside, took some outside, and we just weren't able to physically hold up against it because we had faced 41 plays at that point to the offense's 17. So that to me was the biggest thing. And I'll go back and watch it a little bit more. But to me, the edge setting, which is something that I know since I've been on the sideline, if there's one thing that these guys – have mastered the guys that played on the outside mastered was going going against tight ends and tackles and setting a really good edge and you could tell mark the times that the Steelers had a one or two yard gain 
it was because Whitney set a good edge. I remember one play that I saw, Whitney set a great edge, and the back had to turn it back inside, one-yard gain if that. And it's like, that's the way run defense has to be. But there were times where we would lose that, we'd peek inside to see where it was, and that ball come right around, you get turned inside, and away you go. So, yeah, there were more than a few things that were going on with it. Well, get ready for a stretch play city this week as the Vikings oh, yeah. come calling with that Kubiak offense. We'll talk about that with Andre Ware next. Also, Watson's progress, the never-ending saga of Kirk Cousins, and more as Andre joins us next on Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. There's another hour of Texans talk on the way on Texans Radio. From annual checkups to managing chronic conditions, taking care of your health should always be a priority. At Houston Methodist, Our primary care doctors are available to provide personalized care for you and your family safely. We offer a variety of convenient ways to get care from us, from same-day sick visits to extended hours at select locations. And we are taking every precaution to keep you safe during your visit. Choose your doctor or schedule online at HoustonMethodist.org slash stay healthy. Today tastes like game day at home. Like assigned couch seating. <laughs> Tastes like coffee table dining. And an ice cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. <laughs> Today, tastes like watching football is supposed to. And it never tasted this good. Coca Cola. Together, tastes better. Find a massive selection of new and certified pre-owned Hyundais at Ron Carter Hyundai, a better way to buy. Test drive any vehicle at Ron Carter Hyundai and get $250 in gift cards. Buy any vehicle and get $500 in gift cards. Sell them your car. There'll be any offer by $500 or get $500. Plus, get Hyundai Assurance, America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Gulf Freeway, just two miles south of the Beltway. RonCarterHyundai.com. See dealer website for gift card and trade-in details. At Brookside Equipment Sales, Equipment's our middle name. You owe it to yourself to visit Brookside Equipment. Brookside is your top dealer for everything John Deere, and we're blowing out the competition with hundreds off gators and thousands off tractors, all with great finance offers. Brookside, 45 years with the best deals and treating customers right. Nine locations and now in Conroe. BrooksideUSA.com. At Brookside Equipment Sales. We're tough enough to cut it. Texans fans, if your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, you'll score a free Jumbo Jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! Now, how's that for some extra points? Energy Stadium with our favorite people in Houston, our one and only Texans fans. So what are you guys cheering about? We're celebrating Dyke and opening the country's third largest manufacturing plant right here in Houston. Yeah, baby! That's over 5,000 employees already and still growing. Wow, those are some winning Dyken stats for Houston. Sounds like they're one of our biggest fans. On three, two, one, Dyken! Air intelligence! This is Texans Radio. 
There is positive energy everywhere, yes, even this year. Reliant and the Houston Texans are powering a brighter future for students across the city. Through the Scholarship for Champions program, they've committed over a half million dollars to make college dreams a reality for Houston students. And this season, they're helping students connect to the classroom with the technology, tools, and programming they need to truly succeed. Reliant is proud to give back to our hometown and invest in our future leaders because kids will power a brighter future for all of us. Reliant is proud to be the official energy provider of the Houston Texans. Ronnie Flatten, CTO and owner of CT Integrations, and this is our story. This was great, and we were in a growth mode. When the pandemic hit, we had a lot of uncertainty, but with Amogee's support, we were able to get through it. Being able to help somebody come out of a crisis is truly gratifying. Fifteen jobs saved with their families, and that impacts a whole lot of people. Amogee Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Tech. Successful projects depend on an efficient and effective approach. From power generation, manufacturing, oil, gas and chemicals, and more, RefChem, a wholly owned subsidiary of Burns & McDonald, provides ideal construction solutions for the challenges you face safely, on time, and within budget. As a premier heavy industrial service contractor, RefChem is committed to delivering quality projects in Houston. BurnsMCD.com slash Texans. Red Diamond knows perfect, not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. Our family photo, take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our Red Diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, we think tea should taste like, well, tea. Red Diamond, we're perfect at tea. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique Bowl Week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. KILT, KILT FM HD2 Houston. Radio.com Sports Station. And your home of the Houston Texans. Rock and roll. Houston Sports Leader. Sports Radio 610. Radio 610. Radio. Back to the show that takes you inside the building the day after. It's Texans Monday. Presented by Houston Methodist. Geico. Watson. And by Papa John's Houston. Watson gets the snap, runs to the right side. Deshaun throwing downfield, and he's got a man across the 50. Cobb, 45-40, tripped up at the 37-yard line. What a play to Randall Cobb, who's having a big game. Randall Cobb did have a big game for the Texans. He and Cooks look good. First half was good through the air for the Houston Texans. Cobb and Fuller with touchdown catches. Texans with the lead at the break, but we all know what happened. They end up falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers and falling to 0-3. And Andre Ware joins us now. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you 
it is what it is, Dre. I mean, they are 0-3, and I know the schedule's tough, but if they played well against a poor schedule, we'd be saying it is what it is, and we'd be praising the good play. Well, let's get into this right now because I wanted to ask you, when you look at the offense and the defense, you know, it's it's a team game. It's both sides. They're having trouble stopping the run, but they're also having trouble staying on the field on offense, which would obviously help the defense out. Your thoughts on the, the balance or the imbalance in the nature of things right now for the Houston Texans? Yeah, I think it's something, Mark, that we talked about right at the, the top of the broadcast yesterday, and we made mention of it. From a standpoint of teams that had continuity coming back, uh, teams that had chemistry coming back were going to be the teams that got out of the gate the fastest, and teams that changed a lot uh, were going to you know maybe struggle a little bit. So you got some new parts and new pieces on the defensive side of the ball, uh, in the specifically in the secondary, uh, and then on the offensive side, you've got a couple of new receivers that you're trying to break in, and a guy Will Fuller trying to step into that number one receiver role. Well, he played well, obviously yesterday, and so did Randall Cobb. It was good to see him step up. But I think you, early in the season, you're going to get flashes of that, and then you're going to get some setbacks or a step back or two uh, against different types of schemes defensively. So it's, it's kind of to be expected it's expected when you meet a schedule like they faced the first three weeks of the season in Kansas City, who hadn't made any whole-scale changes. Baltimore haven't made any whole-scale changes, and neither has Pittsburgh. Dre, more frustrating. Lack of a run game, lack of being able to stop an opposing run game. Well, I think it's the lack of being able to stop an opposing run, uh, running game because that's just a, a demoralizing way to uh, to kind of get beat up. It's like you're in the corner in a boxing match and the guy's just, you know, hitting you to the body, to the head, and it, because everything comes off the running game. You can't move. You're just pinned in the corner taking it, and that's what it seems like at times throughout the season. Baltimore did it in the second half two weeks ago or a week ago, and then obviously in the second half yesterday, the Steelers were able to do it. And I I tell you what, even more frustrating, Johnny, is that you can't stop it on the outside edges of the tackles and not between the tackles. They were pretty much fine between the tackles or adequate. It's when James Conner is able to to get the, uh, the end of the line of scrimmage and turn his shoulders north and south. That's frustrating. Uh, absolutely. Andre Ware joining us on Texans Monday. All right, let's look at the passing attack, Trey. What did you see yesterday, the good and the needs improvement areas? Well, I thought I thought Deshaun did a nice job of spreading the football around. I think eight, eight different receivers may have caught a pass in yesterday's game. Um, it was nice to see Randall Cobb step up and, and make some plays. Will Fuller made plays. Kenny Stills, he made plays. And, and it wasn't just the tight ends. Uh, making plays in the passing game yesterday. I think Jordan Akins is going to be uh, – he's got the potential to be a really, really good player, uh, and he's well on his way. Um, but there, there needs to be that kind of consistency across the board all the time. Every once in a while there's a drop here and there to, that uh, should be caught. And, uh, you know, protection-wise as well, when you're talking the passing game, you're talking guys up front, a little too, uh, too soft on the right side for my liking, especially when T.J. Watt was in the game, and we know what caliber player he is. Had to get some help over there. And at one time, they did have fails over there. He actually blocked him 
where TJ came free on Deshaun and, and was able to sack him. But that's got to get shored up where you, you're not thinking about that from week to week. Dre, I think one of the things that a lot of people, you know, just listen to Sean and Seth this morning as they were talking about it, that I know a lot of people kind of circled and said, hey, let's do this a little bit more. When the Steelers took the lead at 7, uh, 17, 14, no, 14, 13, they took the lead. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they take the lead, um, and then with 1 minute and 14 seconds left, five plays, 75 yards, and made it look really, really, really easy on that particular drive. And I know sometimes two-minute defenses can kind of get back on their heels a little bit. But on that drive, what did you see that made that drive work and be so effective to go down the field that fast to get the touchdown before the half in in less than a minute? And I think maybe using – I think they used all three of their timeouts masterfully. But – what did you see on that five-play, 75-yard drive right before the half to get the Texans back to lead? Yeah, uh, and it was arguably the best drive of the game. Actually, it was the last drive of the game that uh, they were able to get points on. It, it, there was a sense of urgency there. Hey, let's go down, take care of business, get back in this ballgame, or go back, let's go get the lead back. And I, I, I honestly think Deshaun works better when he is in kind of that type of mode rather than slowing down, calling out the mic. Sometimes you have to dictate what's going to happen in a game, and you take it to your opponent. And they've got enough on offense to be able to do that. You've got a guy now in his fourth year at quarterback. He knows the system. you got to trust him a little bit more. Let him go do his thing. And, and so I know offenses that struggle turn to that. Uh, at times in the first half, they turn to it. Obviously, in that situation, they go right down the field. That's what you want to have. You don't want to have to go 12, 13, 15 plays on a drive to score every time because it just brings in the likelihood that a mistake's going to be made along the way. He, uh, he, If you trust him like that in a two-minute drill situation and he goes down and produces, you got to go back and really analyze that and say, hey, we need to mix this in a little bit more than we're doing and let these guys play with a little more freedom. Dre, what do you think of Gary Kubiak, Dom Capers, and Bill O'Brien being in the building together on Sunday, which I was hoping would be a much happier occasion, but considering everybody is 0-3 going in, I think the pregame photo op is not going to be as good as I thought, and with masks and everything. And I can't be a part of it, by the way. Whoops. Yeah, that would be a a nice thing to do. I would actually try to get get in on a picture like that. The three coaches that have coached Mm -hmm. in franchise history, all in the building at the same time. It was kind of, when you mentioned it yesterday, I was just like, whoa, that, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. I don't know that that may happen anywhere else at any particular time, but uh, to see the three of them, uh, the other two have been just fantastic. Bill's been night, been as, as well. And uh, to have them there to get a, a photo op, that would be, that would be crazy. But I would, that's one I would sign up for. Trey, Minnesota comes in 0-3. Texans 0-3. They're going to be playing at home. They'll have some fans in the building. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. They have Justin Jefferson, who arrived seemingly yesterday. Kirk Cousins has been a guy that has uh, taken his share of heat. When you have two 0-3 teams coming in like this together, I would think you know mindset, confidence, probably both shaken, I would think, for both teams. What do you think is important for the Texans to be able to do in this one to make sure they walk out of there one and three and not zero and four. 
Well, it goes right back to the first question you asked me, and that's that's stopping the run. I mean, you yeah. get a guy like Dalvin Cook going the way he was he was going yesterday with 181 yards. I mean, that's almost insulting uh, to Tennessee's defense, but they found a way to get it done. And so uh, if, if you say, hey, he's going to go for 150, but we're going to win the game, you start, certainly sign up for that. But uh, that's where it is. And then pressure on, on Kirk Cousins. If you allow him to sit in the pocket, that's when his confidence will grow and he turns into, you know, super Kirk. But if you continue to pressure him, he'll look at times like he did yesterday where he finished the game with a 44.1 quarterback rating or so uh, QB rating. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that you've got to get some pressure. Uh, how they get it, I'm not sure if it has to come from the secondary players, you know, blitzing safeties or corner blitzes, however you get there. You need to disrupt him because he's a guy that can get hot. He's got receivers. He's got, you know, basically his big three and Cook and Justin Jefferson and Kyle Rudolph. So that's that's another tight end coming in that that is a receiving threat that could really, really uh, put some pressure on your defense. Week four of the season is way too early for me to start feeling nauseous. This usually doesn't happen until later on in the campaign. Okay, Dre, I wanted to ask you this one. More impressive what Brady is doing in Tampa – or what Cam is doing in New England. And let me set it up this way. I mentioned earlier the Texans' lack of ability to run the ball. They have 100 The next team is Tampa. They're not running the ball much either. 276 total yards on the ground through three games. So that means Brady's doing a lot well. So more impressive, Brady and Tampa are through three games? Uh, I think Brady and Tampa because it's it's new. Everything's new for uh, for him. And, I mean, you're playing with a new cast around you. When you've played with a group of guys for a long time, you know who's going to protect you, where you need to protect yourself at times, and, and so on. But uh, the way he's doing it, and he's got a, a ton of receivers that are a ton of skill position players that he can go to. And at any time, Mike Evans is going to break out. Um, they're going to get the running game going at some point with Fournette and Ronald Jones and, you know, that, that cast of crew. But yesterday, even in a, you know, a game against the Broncos, he goes for just under 300 yards and three touchdowns. So just when you think he's finished, he's starting to produce. I think the more weeks that, uh, that he's there, He's going to get better because he'll he'll get more cemented into the to what they're doing offensively and more comfortable, and uh, it, and it's just one of those things. New team, new quarterbacks, obviously new situation for Brady. Um, it's taken some time, but it, yesterday it looked it looked pretty good. Trey, last night Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go to New Orleans. No Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers says, eh, "Don't care." He lights up the Saints. The Packers get it done yet again. Matt LaFleur, this, this offense that Matt LaFleur is running with Rodgers at the helm, I, I, there are a lot of people that I talked about it and said, look, if they can ever get on the same page, it could be scary. Uh, they seem to be on the same page, and that offense is just all firing in all cylinders. I don't know how much of it you had a chance to watch, but the Packers this year are doing it without Devontae Adams a lot of times. It's Al Lazard. Aaron Jones is stepping up. What have you seen thus far with the Packers that make them this dominant offensively? Well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's number 12. 
I mean, and now he's in the second year of this offense where they he think we went what, 13 and three last year. Yep. And felt like, oh, we don't need to take a receiver. He doesn't need any help. We'll do it, you know, kind of build for the future in this year's draft. But he's still around. He's still dealing it at, at uh, the top of the game. He is just flat out fun to watch because he's throwing off off different levels, uh, body positions. The arm strength is has hadn't started to dwindle. It, it's fun. I think I watched every single down of that game, and I can't tell you the last time I watched uh, every down of a Sunday night game. It's just, you know, by that time, I'm, I'm a little drained. I may take a peek here and there. But when he's on the field, I just can't help myself but watch it because he makes it look so easy. And I know it's not that easy. But uh, he's the guy that makes it work. I thought he did a hell of a job of spreading the ball around against the, an aggressive Saints defense. And I think the Saints are in trouble. Let's say you're able to get Michael Thomas back. Uh, you guys heard me talk about this, how important one player can be to a unit. Well, he is that for the New Orleans Saints, even though they made some plays and at times that you felt like, well, they're in this game. Aaron Rodgers just kind of playing uh, and having fun with it at times. You see him smiling on the field. But Michael Thomas is to the New Orleans offense uh, in a manner of what T.J. Watt is to the Steelers defense. Because when he wasn't off the field, when he was off the field, Texans were able to do exactly what they wanted to do. The minute he came back in the game, uh, everything changed. It seemed to change, and he created problems, and uh, even freeing other guys up when they started to double-team him. It's just he's that he means that much to Pittsburgh's defense, and I think Michael Thomas means that to the Saints. And if he's not back anytime soon, they may be in a, in a bunch of trouble. Dre, Ravens and Chiefs, who do you got? Who we that game's where? Kansas City? Baltimore. 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 I'm going with the home team. I'm going home team. Because I think I think Baltimore will just be the bully in that one. Uh, it, it, I kind of liken it to the, the approach that Indianapolis took a few weeks before the Texans played the Chiefs last year, where they were just they just ran the football. And Baltimore's capable of just being the bully running the football with success. They've got three backs that are just outstanding and a, a really solid offensive line. And they're not, they're not going to allow or ask Lamar Jackson to do a whole lot in terms of beating them. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the, the Ravens win this game and Lamar doesn't throw for 200 yards uh, and maybe a touchdown here or there, but they find a way to win because I, I think the Ravens defense certainly is better than the Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs can't stop the run at times, and Baltimore can certainly run it. So I'll go with the Ravens tonight. All right, I'm going to have this one for both y'all because at some point yesterday, and I want to go back to Rodgers for a second, because <clears throat> at some point yesterday, one or both of you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger being in the class of 04. Now, now Ben Ben isn't the same guy he was you know, a few years ago. Phillip Rivers is definitely not the same guy he was. He's got a little bit left in. He threw his 400th touchdown, career touchdown yesterday. And Eli Manning's already retired. They were the class of 2004. Aaron Rodgers was the class of 2005, the very next year. There's no way you could look at Rodgers and think, this guy, Ben Roethlisberger, and that guy, Philip Rivers, were drafted just one year ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who looks potentially like one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. It's kind of mind-blowing to think that Rodgers is one year different from the guy we saw yesterday in Ben Roethlisberger and the guy that we're going to see down the road at Phillip Rivers. Yeah, and that was Mark, by the way, that made uh, 
that made that comment, but I, I, uh, I look at it like this, Johnny. Rogers had the benefit of sitting for how many years? Three yeah, years true. behind Brett Favre. Three years, yep. So, so yeah, the, the wear and tear is not there. You know, the being hits not there. Uh, all the all the nest all the stuff that goes into playing three more years. So Roethlisberger steps in pretty much in the first game of the season as a rookie, and he went what he went thirteen straight, I think it was. Yeah. Before a loss. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Philip Rivers steps right in. Eli Manning steps right in. And uh, and so, you know, with, with Ben, though, I will say this in his defense. Since the elbow surgery, he seems to have more juice on his ball. And he doesn't really know how to, to deal with it yet because every deep shot that he had uh, was an overthrow that uh, easily could have been touchdowns. He had a couple of those in yesterday's game. So I think the, the, the surgery – as to a pitcher that gets Tommy John, they come back throwing harder and faster. It might have put a few more years on the on the arm of Ben Roethlisberger. Do you think on the Roby P.I. he read the receiver more than the ball and he probably should have read the ball? Because he might have been able to go pick that. Not that you would have wanted to because it was fourth down, but you know what I'm saying? It was kind of a weird deal, that pass interference yeah. on Roby. Yeah. I just don't think the eyes were on the ball at all and it was let's break up the pass because maybe he stumbled maybe he got himself out of position a little bit but then it obviously became the the receiver and not the ball because you pull off and uh and things are totally different but once that happens you know you you give new life to a, an offense that really didn't need it at that time and they go down they're able to to score but uh you know it, it just seemed like every time something kind of got itself going a penalty a mistake or something uh, seemed to help stall out drives. And yesterday in the second half, four possession, they go punt, punt, interception, punt. That That's that's tough to win a game uh, that way. And yet they were still only seven down when the final whistle was blown. Trey, I give you $100 of my good hard-earned money, and I tell you go to Vegas. And you got two 3-0 teams that I, that I want you to put money on, and, and you got to pick one or the other. It's $100 on either team. To go win it all. 3-0 Tennessee, 3-0 Buffalo. Where does the money go? <laughs> oh. They're going to play. They're going to play soon. Man, Josh Allen's gonna, killing I, it. I, Josh I, Allen I is killing gonna, it. Yeah, but Josh Allen, I, I got to see playoff Josh Allen do That's a little true. bit better. Yeah, so I might, I might tend to, <laughs> tend to favor Tennessee in uh, – with that $100 bet, I would probably take your $100, go to Vegas, and bet on Tennessee in that scenario because of the deep run they had last year yeah. into the playoffs. Once they get there, they now are no strangers to that type of pressure and what needs to be done and how to ramp up their game. So Buffalo, not so much in that category. Well, hang on. The four horsemen of the apocalyptic schedule-making device, uh, they have already visited the Texans. They're coming for the Titans, okay? They are coming for the That's Titans tough. later on. The schedule is going to get a lot thicker, a lot tif- a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we we'll talked see. about this a little bit yesterday, but oh, what are, what's the deal with all these West Coast games? I think there might have been like three of them yesterday. All these West Coast teams going east and then playing early. It was it was ridiculous right. yesterday. It, I mean, I don't know how you do it because you're getting up what three hours earlier to play a football game. That that's a that's a tough ask 
for a uh, for a team to do. But you know, you play them as they deal them. I guess. Well, if I I, no, I if I remember correctly, all, all... I think the 49ers stayed at the Greenbrier last week because they went yeah, they and beat did. the Jets and then turned around yeah. and beat the Giants. And they I think they stayed at the Greenbrier, so maybe there's a little Greenbrier magic mark after all. Dre, <laughs> quick note, maybe. Uh, you had Aggies and Vanderbilt. What did you make of the Aggies? I know you like the Aggies, but uh, they struggled to beat Vanderbilt at home, but it's a weird year. What did you make of it? Well, you know, Vanderbilt had a little bit to say about that. They, they forced a bunch of turnovers, especially in the second half, to keep themselves close in the game. A&M has all the talent that you uh, you need to really make a run. I said before the season, I think that this could be this year's version of, uh, of LSU, where they've got an experienced quarterback in Kellen Mond and, and an ex- experienced offensive line, two backs that are just outstanding, and Spiller and Anaya Smith, and arguably uh, one of the top two or three tight ends in the country in Jalen Watermeyer. Uh, it's just unfortunate that Osborne decided to opt out to get himself ready for the NFL draft um, instead of playing out this season because now he's got a bunch of uh, talented but young wide receivers. And he did a heck of a job spreading the ball around to him. Defensively, they've got some monsters. Bobby Brown, uh, DeMarvin Leal is, uh, is going to be a future first-round pick. They've got a secondary and linebackers, but led by Buddy Johnson. They've got all the pieces to be this year's LSU. But they've got to first go on the road to Tuscaloosa next week and take care of business there. They made a lot of mistakes that I know that Coach uh, Fisher will clean up uh, and uh, and fix in a hurry. Because if they don't fix them in a hurry, you know how things can turn out when you go, go into that stadium. You mentioned People Bobby out- ba- Brown. Hang on a second. You mentioned Bobby Brown. Better Bobby Brown song, Every Little Step or My Prerogative? My Prerogative, man. Yes, My Prerogative. My prerogative. Of course. Okay. Come on yeah, now. My prerogative. I, I served that one up. I served that one up for you. Okay, Trey, what, yeah. what's your college game this year, uh, this week? Uh, BYU is at home against Louisiana Tech, and it's what's mm-hmm. I, the irony of that is uh, Vanderbilt hired away Talent Fitch to come and coach its, its offense, and they have a young group that – you know, made there were some problems. Took the first drive down against A and M, and put it uh, actually put a field goal up to take the lead early. Got a young true freshman quarterback in Ken Seal, so he's got some pieces to work with. I say all that to say he's not at Louisiana Tech anymore. Who's going to face BYU? And BYU with Zach Wilson, I've, I'm on record as saying this is he's a future first round pick. Uh, he rem- he will remind you at times of Aaron Rodgers, the way he plays and the way he delivers the football and the effortless motion in which he throws it. He is a natural passer. It's a fu- That'll be a fun game from a quarterback standpoint for me to watch just because I believe in Zach Wilson, and he has not disappointed. All right, Trey, thanks a lot for joining us. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. All right, it's Texans Monday presented by Houston Methodist. And coming up, a little bit more on what went down yesterday. But let's turn the page, as the coach would say. His show's coming up at 5 o'clock, by the way. Johnny and I will interview the head coach. Next up, what's really going on schedule-wise? The next few games around the AFC South, what's it going to take to get back into this thing? It's Texans Monday presented by Houston Methodist. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Even now, while we're distancing, your body needs to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are ready 
with advanced technology and imaging to deliver custom treatment plans safely. And our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football, all for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. Okay, so maybe we're new to home improvement. But we're determined. So when it came to finding the perfect floor at the perfect price, our contractor gave us an insider tip. And whoa! At Floor & Decor, we shop the same incredible selection as real-life designers and contractors. And I appreciated the budget-friendly prices. Now, thanks to Floor & Decor, we're unstoppable. Oh yeah, we found where the pros go. Explore Floor & Decor in person or online at floorandecor.com. Texans fans. If your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, Touchdown! you'll score a free Jumbo Jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Touchdown! Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! Now, how's that for some extra points? Whether in your neighborhood, through a park, or on a treadmill, join Houston Texans fans all over the nation as we virtually run together for our Running of the Bulls 5K presented by HEB or Toro's Kids 1K presented by Texas Children's Hospital. Run or walk your favorite course any day and any time between November 1st through 8th and get race swag like a 2020 t-shirt, medal, and more. All proceeds will be donated to help youth in Houston. Your race, your way. For more information, visit HoustonTexans.com run. More Texans Radio is on the way. Houston Texans fans, tailgate is back. And though it's different this year, Jamison Irish Whiskey is going to help you tailgate like a Texan. Go to JamisonTailgateTX.com to enter to win a Jamison Ultimate Tailgated Home Package. And also check out our playbook filled with classic and new recipes, ideas for virtual tailgates, and ways to support your local bar. Game day is always a smooth one with Jamison. Taste responsibly. Jamison Irish Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof, product of Ireland, 2020, imported by John Jamison Import Company, New York, New York. Houston's veteran sports director, Randy McAvoy, and KBRC2 Sports. All over the teams you love. The only station with Sports Sunday. A weekly show featuring an in-depth look at the sports world. Plus, Texans game day. A weekly one-on-one with a Texans head coach. And Houston's longest-running high school football show, Friday Football Frenzy. Broadcasting live from the sidelines of the week's biggest high school matchups. KBRC2, Houston's home for all things sports. Standout performance and all the right moves. This is Bill O'Brien, head coach of the Houston Texans. I'm not talking football. I'm talking about the BMW 2 Series Grand Coupe. With its twin power turbo technology, highly responsive handling, complimentary scheduled maintenance for three years or 36,000 miles, you'll always go for the long drive. BMW, the official luxury car of the Houston Texans. Take advantage of exceptional offers today. Visit HoustonBMWDealers.com for details. 
Here at Academy Sports and Outdoors, we want everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading out for a run, prepping your lease, or playing sports in the backyard, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors, all at prices you'll love. And with curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, we're here to help you have more fun out there. Texans have lost their first three games, and the division could quickly get out of reach. Tennessee's 3-0 now. Mm. Can Houston get their first W against the winless Vikings this weekend? we got to get our sights set on Minnesota. we got to get over the hump here somehow. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Play here. Play here. Play here. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it. First and goal inside the two. Watson under center with David Johnson in the backfield. Deshaun takes the snap. Hand off Johnson. Walks into the right side. Touchdown, David Johnson. All right, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Johnny, uh, the 0-3 start, we went through this two years ago, which is amazing to think about, that they went 0-3 and they won nine in a row. They went 11-5 and and obviously won the division. I mentioned the last two times there were three games below 500. they They've won their division. 2015 was the other time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The last two years prior to this one, in 18 and 19, they avoided the dreaded three-game losing streak. They did not avoid it in 17. Obviously, 17 was a yeah. meltdown year with all the injuries. 16, yeah, yeah. they had a three-game losing streak fairly late in the season that put them on yep. the ropes, but they bounced out of it and were able to win the division and win a playoff game. Correct. 15, 2, and 5. Did they have an actual three-game losing streak in 15? Uh, they went 0-2, then beat Tampa, then lost to Atlanta. and then I, I think they were 2-4. I don't think they ever had a three-game losing streak. No, I'm sorry. They were 1-4 yeah. going to Jacksonville. Beat Jacksonville to get 2-4. and four, Lost to Miami's 2-5. and five. So they never had a three-game losing streak that year. Not but that they year. did in 14. They did in but, 14 because they had yeah, Dallas, the Colts, and yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, so, you know, they've done this. And, look, I'm not saying this is <laughs> – I'm not saying it's good, believe me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they've started slow. You know, I, I look at, I look at the, the history of this in this era we're in, and obviously two years, was, two years ago was a slow start. Got out of that. Last year, I wouldn't call it a slow start, but some of it was sluggish. I mean, they had that – at the wire win against the Jags where they had to stop the two-point conversion yep. attempt by Leonard Fournette in order to get that victory. And they obviously beat the Chargers, but they lost to the Panthers at home. I mean, it was kind of sluggish in a way. Mm-hmm. 2016, a couple of good wins at home with the Bears and the uh, the win over the Chiefs was really great. But the road start was awful that year with the blowout losses at New England, at Minnesota. The Monday nighter in Denver wasn't a blowout, but it was not a good performance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they kind of get it going. And I think that, I don't know, I'm trying to compare this year to two years ago. I'm trying to look for, you know, not silver linings, but I'm trying to look for inspiration, even recent history that shows, you know what, they have a chance to get it together here. Now, they might be too far behind by the time they do, and that's what they're going to try to avoid. But they're not there yet. They'll get there in a hurry, though. A loss on Sunday, I mean, 0-4. I I know they were 0-4 in 2008, completely different situation, and they were able to, Finish eight and eight had a chance to finish nine and seven, but my goodness, I don't want to have to go there. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to have to go there, and you don't. 
you don't want to be in a situation where you're owing three. Now, we talked about that. I mean, McLean, you know, John, John had it. Maybe he had it best. He's like, look, you, he predicted it. He we went into the year and he said, look, I predicted they'd be on three. They're playing three of the top five, top six teams in the league in the first three games. Nobody has that sort of schedule. You're gonna play these three teams to start off the year, and then. You know, going into the year, you know, looking at the Vikings, and I've, I've been watching this Tennessee game kind of as I'm watching the Texans and Steelers. I'm trying to say the Texans and Steelers because I know as I, was watch, as I would watch this game, I would say something out loud while you're talking, and I shouldn't do that. And I don't want to do that. So I've been watching the Vikings and the Titans. Um, and by the way, the Vikings, this is not going to be easy at all. Nothing is in the NFL. There are no Langostine State techs out there that you can just, hey, let's just throw, you know, let's just roll out the balls and go get a win. Uh, because we're that much better athletically than the other team. It, oh, boy, with the Vikings. But it just gets to a point where you have to just get a win to remember what it felt like when you put in all that work and you did get a win on that Sunday. And that's where this team has to get to. And I think there were times in that game against Pittsburgh where you could start to sense, okay, man, they're getting that, that, that winning feeling. Like they're feeling this a little bit. You know, fourteen to three, they get a stopping at the ball back and mark. I haven't seen that sideline that juiced up for a while. And then the Steelers come back, go bang, bang up seventeen fourteen. I thought, uh oh, not now. Oh, this is not good. They're gonna double dip, they're gonna get the ball to start the second half, and now we're in trouble. And then that drive comes with five plays, seventy five yards, and it's just pinpoint. And Deshaun hit yep. four different receivers on that drive. He has three receivers and he hit Aikens on that drive and moves it all the way down the field. And it looked easy. And, yes, TJ was off the field. Not that whole drive, I don't think. I think he was off the field on that one last play. But you could start to see, like, hey, yeah, we maybe have lost our confidence to go back down 17-14, but we got it back right before the end of the half. And I thought, okay, now, now here we go. And the Steelers just didn't let up in the second half. And not to say that, that the Texans did, but you just get to a point where you run out of gas. And – Look, Ben's a veteran quarterback. He's feeling good. I think he likes the players around him. He doesn't have a lot of divas out there. He doesn't have Antonio Brown to deal with, Le'Veon Bell to deal with. James Conner shuts his mouth and runs the ball. Up front, they're physical. Um, there are two linemen that they put in to the lineup, Chooks Okafor at right tackle, uh, and Matt Filer, who was a rookie, undrafted rookie here with the Texans for a while. He's turned into a really nice guard option for them. So that line really started to come together. Um, and look, that defense is just top-notch. So when John would talk about this team being 0-3, Mark, I, in my mind I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, then the season really starts on Sunday. And now you got to go 10-3. and Can you go 10-3 and with games against the Vikings, two Jags, two Titans, two Colts, Packers, and Browns, 2-1 and right now, can you go 10-3 and three against a schedule like that? Oh, and by the way, the Bears are 3-0, and oh, and the Lions won yesterday to get to 1-2. and two. Can you go 10-3 and three against that the rest of the year? Because if that was the prediction, I remember thinking when John would say that, I was like, okay, let's play both sides of this. I don't think they'll be 0-3. I think they're going to win one of these games at a minimum, but they didn't. So, okay, let's go to the other side. 0-3, season starts Sunday. Our Ducks in a row to go get a win to start the season essentially – on Sunday against Minnesota. That's what we got to hope happens, and they get on a little bit of a run to get back to to 500 and hopefully above 
500 before you go into the bye week, but that would mean you beat Jags at home, Packers at home, Vikings at home, and Titans on the road. Well, you pull that off? Yeah, you don't have to tell me how tough these games are, as you know. Uh, I said at the start of the season, or even all off season when the schedule came out, since the schedule came out, get me to four and four at the halfway point. If you can get me to four and four, I feel pretty good. And, you know, you're relatively healthy. I feel pretty good about those final eight, not being able to win them all, but being able to do some damage. And obviously, you have to do the damage, particularly in your division. Don't forget that the Titans and Colts still have to play. Things like that have to go down. The Titans' closing schedule is ridiculously difficult. That might help you out. Obviously, it's not going to do a thing for you if you're not playing well yourself. So right. you got to do that. But as we speak, and I'm with you, I figured these first three were going to be really tough, but they'd win at least one of them, and they haven't done it. So there goes a big chunk of your margin for error yes. later on. And I know people are listening saying, Vandermeer, come on. I mean, what are you talking about? Playoffs? I mean, you, you can't even go there right now. And I know it's all about beating the Vikings on Sunday, but – this is Radio Land, and we look ahead all the time. We're allowed yep. to do this, you know. That's what we do. I'm not going to do it on the to. Bill O'Brien show, Coach. What do you think uh, of playing the Packers in a few weeks? What? Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen, Coach. What do you think uh, you're going to be after seven games going into your bye? <laughs> what do you think about What do you think about that, Coach? Do you think about the play? What do you Do you want a home game in the first round of playoffs, or would you rather be on the road the first round of playoffs? What do you do during the bye week with these players, Johnny? <laughs> you got to like test and test and test. I mean, are they allowed to oh, go I, anywhere? I haven't even thought about that, man. I'm not going to ask him that today. Believe me. No. That no. question. Coach, what are you planning for the bye? Uh, we should we should take suggestions. Questions to not ask during the coach's show today. <laughs> that would be one of them. What, what are your plans for the bye week? Uh, anything yeah. good? Uh, look, this, like I said, and it's unfortunate, you've had situations like this before, and you've been able to bounce back. Now, you cannot, that's living on the edge, that's living on a prayer, that's whatever 80s theme you want to come up with, hair band, rock band, whatever, you can't continue to do this, but here you are. So can you beat the Vikings on Sunday? Certainly possible. They ran the bejeebers out of the ball. I mean, they racked up over 200 rushing yards. They are coming for you because the, both teams are looking at this, at this as a get-well opportunity. Yes. So here we go. I mean, th- this is it. They're saying, well, we can beat the Texans. The Texans are saying, well, we can beat the Vikings. And this could be a real hotly contested affair. I expect it to be fully. All right, coming up, what were the silver linings from yesterday? Things you can build off as you move forward to take on the Vikings. And we didn't really get around the league much, and I want to do that uh, in the next segment as we get ready for the close of business. It is Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. Keep it here for more exclusive info on your Texans. Texans Monday, presented by Houston Methodist. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. 
Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as player speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called NextGen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.nfl.com for all things stats. Next Gen Stats, powered by AWS. Hey, Texans fans, count on Fox Sports Southwest for wall-to-wall Texans coverage. Make sure you're watching Texans Game Day on Fox Sports Southwest for wall-to-wall Texans pregame coverage. And you can always catch up with up-to-the-minute Houston Texans reports and showtimes on FoxSportsSouthwest.com. There's no other fan like a Texans fan, and there's no other network delivering Texans football like the team at Fox Sports Southwest. To a child, time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that, and each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official Children's Hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, play never goes out of style. You're invited to Hearsay. Come sip, savor, and shake our craft cocktails and chef-inspired cuisine. From certified Angus hand-cut steaks to award-winning mac and cheese. Looking for a unique cocktail or high-end whiskey? Hearsay is where it's at. Enjoy an intimate dinner for two or host your next special event. Experience the chic antique history of Houston and Galveston with three convenient locations. Come in for lunch, brunch, dinner, and happy hour. Visit hearsayhouston.com to check out the new menu and more information. Lots more to break down. He's in! Touchdown, Houston! Next on Texans Radio. For the fifth consecutive year, Whataburger and the Houston Texans are teaming up to raise money for the Houston Food Bank. From now until October 26th, any customer who donates a dollar while visiting Whataburger will receive a thank you coupon for a free Whataburger with purchase of a medium fry and 32-ounce drink. Make sure to stop by your hometown Whataburger today to donate and help the Houston Texans and Whataburger provide much-needed funds to support the nearly 1.1 million food-insecure people in the Houston community. Texans have lost their first three games, and the division could quickly get out of reach. Tennessee's 3-0 now. Mm. Can Houston get their first W against the winless Vikings this weekend? we got to get our sights set on Minnesota. we got to get over the hump here somehow. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Gear up with HEB curbside and delivery. From chips and dips to Prime One sliders and other game day must-haves, our personal shoppers will do the shopping for you so you can score all the delicious game day goodies you need without sidelining your schedule. To start shopping, go to HEB.com and choose if you want to pick up curbside at a nearby store or get it delivered straight to your door. It's that easy. HEB. No store does more to save you time. At Hyundai, the longer you look, the more there is to like. Hyundai vehicles offer a wide range of advanced tech and safety features and are backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit your Hyundai dealer today and take some time to look around. There really is a lot to like. Get 0% APR and make no payments for 90 days on the Sonata or get 2,000 total savings. Hurry in today to your nearest Houston Hyundai dealer for well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 11-220. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. 
The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with the 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique bowl week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Bowl.com. Final thoughts on Texans Monday, but there's more to come. The Bill O'Brien Show, Mondays at 5 p.m. And Texans All Access at 6. It's Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. First down, Texans with 28 seconds to go in the half at the Steeler 14. Watson in the gun. Cobb slot left. Here's the snap. Deshaun throwing left side of the end zone. Watts Fuller has him. Touchdown, Houston. All right, Fuller in the game, four targets, or five targets, four receptions, and that's a touchdown. He was targeted three times in the first half, according to the game statistics provided by the NFL. So two targets for him in the second half, one target for Cobb in the second half. Look, they ran 17 plays. So if you're not converting on third down, you're just not able to get more of those opportunities. But, Johnny, I'm looking at the chemistry that Watson has with Fuller. Fuller's available. Fuller's healthy. you got to go to Fuller, and it's easier said than done. Again, when you're not converting these uh, third down opportunities they have in the second half. So uh, I'm not saying it's all because of that, but I do enjoy watching Watson and Fuller do their thing. There's clearly a chemistry there. We saw that even with DeAndre on the team where it's like, hey, uh, you know, you like this Fuller guy an awful lot. It's kind of like that. That meme we see with the girl walking with the guy and the guy's looking back at the other girl. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. um, maybe it's not quite like that, but I just thought of it's that. That just like popped that into my mind. I saw, I saw another company recreate that and use it for a digital ad, which I thought was brilliant. Anyway, but, yeah, Watson and Fuller, clearly a thing when they're out there on the field together and Fuller's healthy. So let's see more of that, please. I mean, that like I hate to call it a silver lining or whatever, but, man, Fuller over a hundy in the first game, Fuller yesterday in the first half. Let's get some consistency there in that connection and see where it takes us. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, the thing about all these guys is they get to their routes pretty quickly. And if you're worried about them going over the top on you, and I think a great example of that was – on the first touchdown drive, you remember when Cooks got matched up on Vince Williams down the sideline, just whatever place oh, yeah. they were in? Mm. And and Deshaun is a little uh, – he threw it more in a line. I think he yep. had it back. He would have lofted it a little bit and let, and let uh, Brandon run to the back of the end zone catching it as opposed to hitting him on a line like at, uh, at about the goal line. That said, he, the very next play, they kind of back off a little bit. And Randall Cobb gets matched up on Mike Hilton, and Randall just t- spins him around, caught it. Everybody's locked up down the field, and he goes into the end zone from the 12-yard line untouched. You know what's really cool about that clip, Mark? I don't know if you noticed this. With no fans in the stands, you get kind of the true football experience. You hear Deshaun in the background of your call. Yep. You hear the pads popping. You hear some of the communication yep. on the field. You hear some of that stuff. It's kind of neat. I, I mean, obviously, I'm hearing a lot of stuff as the broadcast is going on. But hearing that clip was kind of cool because you hear Deshaun you know, go through it. You hear some of the pads pop and then all that. I think it's really kind of neat with no fans. You get a chance to hear all that. That said, I would like to have fans at home games 
weight yeah. games I'm fine with. I can just kind of move around the way that I want. <laughs> um, it's kind of nice up in my moat. But with the fans, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But, man, if he, if Deshaun could just get a half second more time, these guys are getting open for the most part. They're getting open. Now, teams are coming up and learning and jamming them. But all it's going to take is beat them with a deep ball, and you'll be okay, seemingly. But here's the problem. You got Harrison Smith you got to worry about. And watching the Tennessee game, Tennessee thought they had a deep route. Tannehill hung one up there. Who went over and picked it off? Harrison Smith playing in the middle of the field. Now, I was worried about that with Minka, too. But Minka really didn't get involved in yesterday's game. I mean, he was not a big, a real big factor in that game. It's kept everything in front, and the Texans took it. In the first half, they went and took it. 202 yards passing, 150 something rating for Deshaun in the first half. And you're like, man, all right, keep this up. You're not going to get to 202 in the second half, but you know, keep this thing going. Let's let's see if this pace and see if the Steelers' defense can keep up with it. And obviously it flipped because the Steelers kept maintaining the ball. But you can see where it can go. And I think one of the things that gave the Steelers issue is when David Johnson went out wide. When he split out wide and Deshaun went empty, it was like, oh, what do we do with this? And I could see it on the Steelers. I could see it, Mark, when they went out empty. They were all looking at each other like, Vince Williams is pointing, I got to go out there. And Joe Hayden's pointing back like, no, no, go in there. I got this. And then Devin Bush is like, no, no, I come over here. I mean, they were really confused a few times that the Texans went empty. And that's the one time they hit David down the sideline against that defense. So I think there's something there with the connection he has with Fuller and what he's growing with Cobb and Cooks, but also having David out wide can confuse things for the opposing team, and hopefully that's what happens a little bit more with the Vikings. That'll be without some key guys. Anthony Barr's out for the season, uh, and the secondary is very raw and young for the Vikings as well, and banged up as it was yesterday. So we'll see what happens. It's a big one for both teams, but looking forward to get back on the field and getting a W finally, getting that winning feeling back. Better find a way to move the football because on their side of things, look, it's easy to say, get after Kirk Cousins, rattle him, get Watt after him, get all the pass rushers after him, you know, hit him, make him, make him feel it, get him to throw picks. But they're not going to even have to worry about that if they're running for 200 yards plus like they did yesterday. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Now, they're not even close to the top rushing team in the NFL, which is Kind of surprising when you think about it, although maybe not their 0-3. They had to throw it a bunch, especially last week against Indy. Yeah. But, Johnny, top three rushing teams in the league, the Patriots, the Packers, and the Browns, and they're all on the schedule. Yep. you got to find a way to stop the run. What was the uh, text you sent me? There was a tweet that I the did. Texans have, what, signed somebody? Yeah, Aaron Wilson tweeted this, I don't know, earlier this morning. The Texans are signing defensive tackle Corey Legit who has been around the block a little bit and plays defensive tackle. Now, obviously, we don't have any confirmation of that. We'll see if Bill discusses it in his press conference today, uh, which should happen soon. But we've got no confirmation of that, but it does look like they're at least looking for some help uh, in the middle uh, to help this defense a little bit uh, that wore down yesterday. Yeah, Landry and Lopez will play you the Bill O'Brien press conference. John and I will interview the head coach 5 o'clock tonight for the Bill O'Brien show, back at 6 with Texans All Access, leading into the huge Monday night game with the Ravens and the Chiefs. And tomorrow it is going to be Jordan Akins on the Texans players show at 6 o'clock. Johnny's got Texans replay at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I'll pray for you. No, yep, Johnny's got you. Texans replay. I know it's going to be good, though. You're going to talk yeah. about, like, matchups with Kubiak or the Vikings or something. Yeah. Something yeah, we'll will see. be good. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll find see. something. 
It'll be good. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you, John McClain and Andre Ware for being on the show. Thank you, Ben, for producing. And have a great day, everyone. And go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual urgent care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique Bowl Week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Texans fans, if your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, you'll score a free Jumbo Jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! Now, how's that for some extra points? Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Are you looking for a new home? First Community Credit Union has everything from purchase loans to construction loans, VA loans, and more. With our competitive rates, low to no closing costs, and rate match guarantee, FCCU can help you navigate home ownership. Discover your options at FCCU and get pre-approved today at FCCU.org forward slash home loans. First Community Credit Union is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. First Community Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. Hey, it's David Johnson from the Houston Texans, here with my good friend Toro. If you've watched the Texans game, you may have noticed that us players are big and strong. 
and that playing football requires us to be pretty tough. However, that doesn't mean we haven't had to deal with bullying before. If you or someone you know is being bullied, be yourself. Use your voice. Leave and look out for others. Join Toro and I as we take the bull out of bullying, presented by NOV. For more information, visit HoustonTexans.com slash bullying. Houston's veteran sports director, Randy McAvoy, and KBRC2 Sports. All over the teams you love. The only station with Sports Sunday. A weekly show featuring an in-depth look at the sports world. Plus, Texans Game Day. A weekly one-on-one with a Texans head coach. And Houston's longest-running high school football show, Friday Football Frenzy. Broadcasting live from the sidelines of the week's biggest high school matchups. KBRC2, Houston's home for all things sports. At Mustang Cat, we understand that the work never ends. As the Caterpillar dealer for Southeast Texas, we deliver the equipment, service, parts, and rentals you need to keep doing the work. For a limited time, Mustang Cat is offering 0% financing with no money down on all compact equipment. Learn more at MustangCat.com or call us at 888-MYCAT20. Mustang Cat, building Texas, powering the world. Wildcat Golf Club is Houston's premier 36-hole golf facility, featuring the Lakes Course and the Highlands Course, located just minutes south of NRG Stadium. We're now offering a new and improved player development program, including unlimited range balls for less than $70 a month and 50% green fees after 4 p.m. Players hit off the mats Monday through Wednesday and off the grass Thursday through Sunday. Sign up for this program today at the Wildcat Pro Shop and mention Texans Radio, and we'll add an additional two free golf passes. Houston Texans Lux is the only membership that gives you unprecedented access to Texans events and connections to the top business professionals in Houston. If suites become available for the 2020 season, be the first to know and sign up for the waitlist at HoustonTexans.com slash suites. In this uncertain environment, you can count on Houston Texans Lux to work for you. Contact us today for more information on Lux memberships. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash suites or call 832-667-2297. KAL 7 22 KAL 7